And we are live. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. Bienvenidos, senores y senores. This is the NAI Ball Podcast. It is season five, episode three, here with you, recording on February 7th. I'm your host, as always, Robbie Gutierrez at RobG1063 on Twitter. Joining me, as always, who we will bring in in a moment is Cody Butler, the foremost authority on NAI baseball. But first, let's run down what we've got this week, ladies and gentlemen. What are we looking at this week? It's going to be a little bit of a shorter topic show than we're used to. We're going to have our week in review. We're going to take a look at some of the biggest series from around the nation last week and break them down with scores and what happened. We've got our first interview of the season. Head coach of the LSU Shreveport Pilots, Brad Neffendorf joins the show with us here live. The Cajun Collision, brought to you by NAI Ball, is happening this weekend. It is the biggest NAI baseball tournament in the country in the regular season. We're also going to take a look at another huge tournament going on in the Southeastern Rumble. We're going to give you our NAI Ball hitter, pitcher, and team of the week, and we're going to tell you what games and series you need to be watching this weekend outside of the Cajun and the Southeastern Rumble. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, may I introduce to you the foremost authority on NAI Baseball, at NAI Ball on Twitter and Instagram, Mr. Cody Butler. Cody, baby, what's going on? For a second there, I thought about, am I going to give the people my Ed Orgeron uh, impression for the Cajun this week? But I've decided (laughs) against it. I have wisely decided against it. I'm doing well, man. We had some company this week, got a coach on. Have two huge events this weekend. Really, really excited for this Cajun collision. Uh, it's a good week. I'm really excited. I did hear that impression earlier. It was fantastic. The people at home are missing out. We will all suffer greatly because of it. But, Cody, I do want to say um, really quickly, starting off with a different topic as we normally do on this show, Major League Baseball, not going to start on time. I mean, it is looking like the 11th hour for that season to start on time. Pitchers and catchers just a week away from reporting, and we do not have a deal. Major League Baseball locking out the players' union, uh, trying to you know get a, a federal mediator into the boardroom to try to mediate this process. The MLBPA saying absolutely not. That did not really work out really well for them in 1994, and I want to say in the early 80s it didn't work out for them really either it, it did work though for basketball and nhl as and, you know early as the uh mid 2000s so this is not happening it looks like the sides are really far apart rob manfred continues to just bumble stumble and bungle things as he goes along open the letter but you know it's one of those things that uh really unfortunate cody i, I know you know your big baseball season is is NAI baseball, but man, you, you know me, I'm I'm listening to Major League Baseball just about every game. Yeah, I know you are a diehard MLB fan. It is it is tough, but for me, uh, the Braves are still World Series champions. Then Freddie Freeman's still a Brave. Ooh. I think as long as Freeman's still a Brave and they're still the World Series champions, they could just wrap this season. And uh, you know me, man, I'm just watching NAI baseball till June. I will be a fair weather baseball fan and pick up MLB like what is it June third this year. I'll be an MLB <laughs> fan again and then, you know, follow it the rest of the way. You know, it, it's one of those things that that I follow this year round. I'm I'm big. My first job was writing for about the Houston Astros for a for a blog um when I was in college and and so it was uh 
it's one of those things that that you know I'm I'm a diehard uh, fan and I love baseball and and even late at night when there's you know no Houston game if if the Dodgers are playing or the Padres or you know the Angels or or just the, even the Mariners any of those West Coast teams the Giants anybody's playing at home late at night with that ten uh, ten first pitch here in in Central Time or nine ten I think it's ten ten on the East Coast. Um, I love listening and watching those games. So it, it's really unfortunate that Major League Baseball couldn't get this figured out. Uh, millionaires versus billionaires. And uh, the only people that suffer are the fan. So let's get into the show this week and start off with our week in review. And let's get going, Cody, here with our two big series of the week. Texas Wesleyan took on the Masters. The Masters sweeps Texas Wesleyan with scores of 16-8. to eight. 3 nothing and 15 to 3. What a weekend for the Masters. Yeah, absolutely big time performance. We didn't really know what to expect coming into this series. Two teams that just really never played each other, never played each other before. And it proved to be the Masters weekend. Uh, offensively, they just absolutely got it done. You score 16 runs and then eight, 15 runs in another game, you're going to win the series every single time. Miles Henderson went off in game one, four for five, five RBIs. Uh, game two, Spencer Long, five and a third scoreless innings. That's 12 scoreless innings now for him to open a season. He's been really, really good. Joe Terlizzi had an RBI double and a single. It was just all the Masters all weekend long. Uh, they scored 15 runs in the first three innings of game three. They put that Sunday game away before you knew it. I mean, it was 30 minutes in, and I was like, all right, well, this one's a wrap. Josh Lee had four RBIs. Terlizzi had another three RBI game. Uh, just really impressed with the Masters. They did not have their best performance uh, at the Coach Calderon, but they came back and they played extremely well. Huge bounce back performance for the Masters because going into the coach Calderon, we had some high expectations. They did not perform really to what we expect their standard to be. And we had considered removing this as our big series of the week. We decided to keep it. And what a job the Masters did there. So a huge, huge, huge sweep for the Masters. Our other big series of the week was Tennessee Wesleyan versus IU Southeast and Cody, another sweep. Tennessee Wesleyan sweeps IUS 9-5-6-2-10-0. It's what we've come to expect from Tennessee Wesleyan. Dominant starting pitching. All three starters went out there and got the job done. Robert Gonzalez with six innings, two earned run. Chris Coyman went five innings pitch, one earned run. And then Kobe Foster was special. Only gave up a hit across six innings. No walks, no runs. 17 innings pitch, a 1.59 ERA for the staff this weekend. Kale Webster was good for Tennessee Wesleyan. He gave them the lead on a couple of different occasions. They were trailing in the first game, and you trail the game three to one. But if your pitching can just keep you in it, their offense will finally explode, especially if you're playing a nine-inning ball game against this club. And that's just what they did this weekend. Yeah, the, the starting pitching, we said it in the first show of the year, Tennessee Wesleyan was going to have the best returning staff in the nation. And they have, I mean, looked absolutely like it in their first test of the year. And they came out with a test to start the season. Both of these teams testing themselves early. Credit to them. Both of them next weekend will test each other uh, and will you know get tested again. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Tennessee Wesleyan going to Southeastern Rumble, IU Southeast going to the Cajun Collision. That's going to be really exciting to see. Our third week in review series matchup was Southeastern University versus Reinhardt and Cody. Stop me if you've heard this before, but Southeastern sweeps just like the other two series. They sweep Reinhardt eight seven six two and ten three. This was a really good series, man. Reinhardt just could not close the door. Reinhardt led 6-3 to three in the sixth inning of Game 1. Abdel Guadalupe hit a grand slam. Southeastern took the lead, and they never looked back. 
a costly error actually kept that inning going. Really costly error. We've seen that in a couple big series this week. Uh, game two, all Southeastern. The Santa Fe transfer, Rob Adams, he is a dude. Uh, we mentioned it before the season, and he's living up to expectations. Seven innings, one earned with eight strikeouts. Really looking forward to seeing Rob Adams in the Cajun this weekend. Game three of the series, Reinhardt led three to two in the eighth inning. Southeastern found their way back. Gary Laura, two RBI single, put them on top. Uh, that's just what we've seen Southeastern do time and time again over these last few years. Uh, you're playing a nine-inning ball game at their stadium. It is really hard to contain their offense for nine innings. It's like, yeah, you can get a lead. We've seen plenty of teams get a lead on Southeastern. And what they do is they chase you down. Uh, good teams like that, you have to go inning by inning by inning, and you're asking every single pitcher you bring out there to limit them. And that is just extremely tough. And that's what Southeastern's known to do, and that's what they did. Hats off to them. They're undefeated. And finally, Cody, Freed Hardeman versus Brian FHU sweeps the series over Brian. 4-3-8-4-6-3, another good series. Really quality bullpen stuff from Freed Hardeman. 17 and two-thirds pitched, one earned run in relief. Their relievers were dominant. They only gave up one run in over 17 innings. Uh, first game went 13 innings. Connor Creasy, who's a guy that has a win as a starter out in Lewiston, beat Georgia Gwinnett in a semifinal. Five and a third innings in relief. Didn't give up a run. Absolutely brilliant stuff from him. The next day, Wesley Cully pitched five innings in relief. Didn't give up a run. Incredible stuff. He got the win. And then in game three, Mason Morgan, he pitched three and a third scoreless. He was able to just bridge that gap. Really quality stuff from Freed Hardman. If you're going to get that quality pitching out of your relief, you're going to win every series you play. Yeah, shout out to the relievers, man. The, the relievers are the guys that are that are really holding it down. And at the end of the year, Cody, it's going to come down to relief pitching. Starting pitching is going to set everything up. Relief pitching, who's the guys that are, can get the outs in Lewiston, who can get the last nine outs in Lewiston, you know, that are going to make the big difference because we've seen offense at this level prevail time and time and time again. So those were our week in review series. Cody, we have a big interview right now with head baseball coach at LSU Shreveport, Brad Neffendorf, joining the show. Joining us now on the NAI Ball Podcast, all the way from Shreveport, Louisiana, is the head man himself at LSUS, the head coach of the Pilots, Brad Neffendorf. Coach, man, what's going on? Thank you for taking some time out of your day to join us and, and really talk some NAI baseball with us. As Coming up here, I mean, not just a, a, a good weekend for y'all, but probably one of the biggest weekends in NAI baseball with the Cajun collision. Thank you for taking some time out of the day and talking with us about this. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys uh, having me on and, and you know, give me the time to come on here and talk with you guys. So I, I kind of want to start it off and, and I know we, we want to look forward to the Cajun collision and all of that, but I, I really want to start it off with what y'all did in 2021, because that was really an interesting year, you know, uh, building that foundation back at, at Shreveport, because uh, as somebody who played in the RRAC for two years, Shreveport is a, was a heavy name, national contender. The year before I got to college, played in the national championship game, uh, you know, regular World Series participant, a team that was constantly in the top 25. They had some up and down years. Uh, they started to figure things out. They get back to the World Series for the first time in, a, in quite a while. You know, last season, obviously a big deal for y'all to do that, uh, but it did not come easily. I mean, that last season was the first time Our Lady Lake wins the conference. It was the first time that a team not named LSUA or LSUS had not won the RRAC regular season title since, you know, the 2013 Northwood Knights, if I say so myself. But, you know, it's a huge deal for y'all because the season, the regular season didn't, you know, was was good, 
didn't finish the way you wanted. You get into the tournament, you get good things going, and then you get to the opening round, and it just clicks. Tell me about last year. Yeah, no, we had we had some ups and downs. I mean, obviously, you know, two years ago, coming in here halfway through, you know, we had a really good year that year before the COVID kicked in. I think we went 22-4, and four, and, and I think what really helped us last year is we had everybody but two return from that team. They got the COVID year back and with some good pieces that came in with it. You know, we had a really tough schedule to start out with last year, and then we had a really tough two-and-a-half week deal after we got done with the Cajun collision we got off the bus and we had a bunch of positives on COVID and it shut us down and it took us a while to get out of that and we didn't play at home for a while um no excuses but I mean it just took us a while to get in routine and, and a while to get in the groove and you know finally we just kind of started seeing some things to click and yeah we went down to Our Lady and, and that was a tough series we lost all four um they played extremely well um they were really prepared and you know it uh I think it was it was a deal that if it didn't happen it might be you know, tough for us to get where we where we did because we were able to come back and we were able to reset some things and we figured out what we needed to, to get working on and, and, you know, get better and keep pushing on. And, and the guys did a great job of sticking to it. And I think we went 33-2 and two at one point and it took, it took us into the conference tournament. And, you know, the thing about the conference tournament was we had to win every game after the first one just to be able to, you know, put ourselves in position to win it and get to a regional because we lost the first one after being up 4-0 Southwest. And then, you know, I think they ended up beating us eight five eight four, but yeah, we uh, we had a really good group, and I think kind of towards the end of the year when we started seeing things take off, it was it was a team that we thought we had coming in with. You know, you got two decisions during that time when we were struggling to either just accept it and 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 not get out of it, or just keep pushing and eventually know you're going to get out of it. And I think that's what happened. So our guys did a tremendous job, um, and things just started getting in sync. Coach, looking forward to this season. You return a lot of those kids from 2021. Uh, you really like this mm-hmm. team. You know, they're an athletic bunch. They're a physical bunch. You return all your pitching really basically outside of Selway. What were your goals going into this season? Do you think this is another team that potentially should be playing for Lewiston? Well, we knew. Obviously, like you just said, we returned some really good all-conference pieces. Losing Peyton Robertson and Cody Cobb and, and Fajardo and Ray, and, and I'm sure I'm, I'm leaving out some names. You know, Selway was obviously – he had a tremendous year for us. He came in at break and punched out 100 guys and, you know, won some, some big games for us and, and was a true number one for us. Um you know, we knew that we had to fill some some pieces on the staff. Even though we returned a lot of guys, we had to get some some frontline rotation arms that you know had some put away stuff. Um, but I think that you know kind of goes hand in hand with what we have coming back, and, and we do like the staff a lot. Yeah, we're very athletic. Um, we are physical. They play hard, and, and we got the ability to do some things. And you know, we had a good response today. We went out and played Loyola, a very good team that's insanely well coached by one of the best at this level, and Jeremy Kennedy and. We had a good response today after losing to IU Kokomo the other day. So I, I like it. It's, some of the goals are obviously, yeah, now that you got back, you know, to Lewis in this last year, obviously people are going to expect you to go do it again. We have a group that we believe that can get there. Um, but, you know, obviously like anybody, we've got to keep getting better every day. And, and, you know, the pitching has been kind of the biggest thing for us that we wanted to get fixed here that, that we knew needed to get fixed, um, you know, just, just since we've been here. And we think that we've done that, um, at least to an extent right now. And some guys are continuing to get better. And we had another really good start by Miranda today. And our, our rotation has been good. Um, so it's just kind of figuring out some things in the bullpen. But I do like the team. I do. And we got we have some, some really good transfers that have come in and complement what we return. So I think it's got a chance to, you know, kind of make a run like we did last year. Coach, the uh, the Cajun collision is this weekend. It is the main focus of our show this week. It is the big mm-hmm. deal. It's brought to you by NAI Ball. But I, I really kind of want to get into how all of this started and, and really how it played out last year. Obviously, the tournament has grown uh, this season, but the Cajun collision has, has really become, uh, you know, have the foothold in premier national tournaments. You've got teams from all over the country here. 
Yeah, yeah, we did, and, and you know, I'm going to thank a couple of the northern guys out there for kind of how this thing worked itself out. You know, last year we were supposed to play. We had that weird, that weird weather last year, and we got canceled going to Loyola, and then just a bunch of stuff got messed up. And so that next week, the, the weather was still here. It was when we had all that snow, and then that next week we were supposed to play Lion College, but our field was not going to be ready. So, you know, I asked them, you know, Tony Repke, if uh, he wouldn't mind just meeting in Sterling, it's going to be a little bit closer for him. And he said yes. And then all of a sudden, literally like within an hour after I got off the phone with him. I started getting random calls, you know, Eric Peterson at Benedictine and then Nate Breland called me and, and wanted to know if they could come down this way. And one thing led to another, you know, I just said, well, hey, well, we're going. It's got fields. And, and I called Carrie Ellie at the Sterlington Sports Complex. She's had a connection with LSUS for a long time. And they got a great, a great site out there with, you know, five fields, surf in the infield and lights. And he's always wanted us to come out there. So one thing led to another, and all of a sudden we had six teams, and then we had a couple more that was going to make it eight, and then it dropped back down to six, and we got the thing put together in about two days, and it ended up being five out of six teams were ranked in the top 15 last year, and then, you know, Benedictine comes in, and they end up getting to a regional. So, and, and, and that's what it was, to be honest with you. It was a, it was a regional atmosphere. Um, I still remember night one, you had USAO and Central Methodist playing, and we were playing line, and IU Southeast walked off at the end, and I think Central Methodist in that game, they walked off USAO, and I, I'm, our game got done first, and I'm hearing just stuff going on all over the place. I'm like, what's going on? So I run over there and just, you know, it was cool. I mean, you know, to be able to do that, and then it's it's just grown. You know, Kerry, Ellie was certainly teaching up to me. was like, hey, let's make this like a, a, a week-long deal. And I was like, well, I don't know if we can do that, but why don't we make it bigger on the weekend? And, I mean, we put feelers out, and I think filled up to 15 teams this year quicker than you can imagine you know we've got southeastern flying in um you know we got teams from the north south um a little bit to the west of us and you know, it's it's turned into a really good thing uh i you know and that's the, the whole goal is to to get as many of the most competitive teams we can and in the same place uh, same site for same weekend and you know just have the most competitive event we can and i think it only brings value to our level if you look at the event last year like you said five teams made an opening round three of them made lose and three world series teams at the event yeah. I mean, this year is going to be big time. We have six teams in the top 15 nationally, and we have five guys are All-Americans. We have five All-NAI ball players at the event. If you add in the three of the other ones from the NAI, that's eight All-Americans playing at this event. I mean, it is just yeah. absolutely stacked. Talk to us about a couple of your matchups. You're playing IU last. You're going to get Hunter Plucky possibly. You're playing Central Methodist. You might get an All-American in Nick Merkel. I mean, two of the best pitchers in the NAI. God, two top 10 teams right out the gate. I mean, it's it's – it can't be any better. I mean, obviously, the way that we structured it is, you know, Nate and I kind of talked to Central Methodist. We, you know, we were basically what you consider if you had a championship game of that deal last year. You know, we had one loss, and, and they didn't have a loss, and then we ended up playing. And, you know, it was us both at the end, and we beat them. So we were 3-1, and one, and they were 3-1 and one and walked them off. And we were both like, well, why don't we – why don't we just start the event off as, you know, the two teams that ended it the way we did last year. Let's just play a single game that night to start it off. And then everybody else will play Friday and Saturday. So that's kind of how that worked out in regards to the matchup with it. I mean, I love it. I mean, it's, it's designed to have, you know, we're going to probably see, you know, what might be arguably the best returning arm in the country. Um, you know, who, who got two wins in, in the world series. It's six, eight arm. that can really pitch and run it up there. And he doesn't, you know, he's around the zone all day. And I mean, obviously their team is returning from being in the national title game. So us being in the world series and then we come back and we play, you know, Ben real, um, and IU Southeast to, you know, also one of my best friends over there. And I mean, they return a, a buttload of guys as well too. Um, so, you know, from a match standpoint for us at LSUS, I think it's great. You know, there's, there's nothing better for a team to throw them right into the fire. Um, I think that's the only way that they can 
you know, get to the point where it's going to help mature as the season goes on and, and it's going to put us in a situation right for us. We, we go into conference the next weekend and, and start off with Texas Arcana and then Olu the next weekend after that. So I love it for us. And, you know, obviously that opening day with some of the games that you got going on, you're going to see some matchups all over the place. So, um, you know, then obviously we can get Southwestern Christian, who, you know, is an up-and-coming program that had 40-some wins last year. And then Lawrence Tech has had has good years, and they're coming down. It's probably the first time they'd be out. So um, I'm excited about it for us. It's, I, You know, I think it's it's great for us and our program and, and, and what we're trying to do to be able to get out there and go see these type of guys. Coach, you know, I, I want to start with uh, your current team and just kind of what the pitching looks like. And, and that's one of the places that it's been extremely impressive Two names I want to focus on, Bobby Vath, who's thrown 11 innings, allowed two hits, and, and has uh, struck out 18 with a zero ERA. And then Kevin Miranda, who was fantastic today with 11 strikeouts through five innings. Uh, he's now thrown 10 and a third, allowed just four hits, 21 punchouts of the year, also no ERA. Pitching, I think, was a big deal for y'all last year. It was something that you know, might have extended the season a little bit more. And I think that that you've got two frontline guys that early on in the year have done really, really well and could be, you know, some some key pieces down the road. Absolutely. And, and you know, obviously Kevin Miranda has been ex- successful um, here and, and clearing in where he came from before. He's a strike thrower. and He's always that command, like I just said, but the velocity, you know, the fastball has grown a little bit. He's got really good secondary and he's going to be around the zone. And he's been able to, to mix and stay down on the zone and get a ton of swing and miss. He's been absolutely, you know, the two stars that, that he's had so far, he punched out 10 last week, 11 a day, like you said. Um, you know, it, it's it's been great. I mean, he's made tremendous jumps since, you know, I've been here with him. He's gotten stronger. I think that's a that's been a big piece with it. And obviously he's matured a little bit. You know, Bobby Bath, we knew what we were going to get. He's been successful everywhere. He's had two really good summers in the Northwoods. You know, he was an all-conference guy at Arizona Western. Is their number one where he's out right over or right at one in inning last year, what arguably is one of the best conferences in the country. And the thing with him is, you know, you'll never know what the stuff is like that day, if it's good or bad, if you're sitting in either dugout, because the guy, he is who he is. He doesn't change, and he's about, you know, you want to talk about elite competitiveness, you know, that's what he is, and, and I think that's why he's successful. He's not afraid of anybody. He'll pitch against anybody. He'll go up against anybody, and he's going to be around the zone, and then you're going to have, you know, an unbelievable amount of intent um, and aggressiveness in the zone, and, and that's kind of what we try to get our arms to do here, and those two guys have been nothing but that so far. Um, and it's been great to see, you know, I'll, I'll throw Trey Rugg in there too. Yeah, he had a down year last year. He was really good as a freshman for us two years ago. Made some unbelievable strides. And, you know, you can look at his numbers too, seven and two-thirds or one-something ERA. He's won a game. He gave us a chance the other day and, and a bunch of punch-outs in there and limited base on balls as well. So those three have been at the front of the rotation, have been extremely important for us so far they're going to continue to be important and, and i think they're going to be a big piece of why you know we potentially could have a lot of success this year coach offensively talk to us about some players that have really stood out for you austin manicolas zion avery ryan major aubrey major josh wannenberg just talk about your offense because if anyone knows anything about shreveport y'all can swing it yeah and, and you know that's that's the one thing about this program this program has always swung um they've always been offensive it's always been built off offense here you know, obviously our, our goal has been only to, to continue to keep getting that better and, and to a fit of what we're trying to do as an offense with this with this coaching staff here. And, and those guys have committed to that. Um, you know, obviously with the returners, with Josh Wannenberg, all-conference and gold glove last year, um, he's, he's been extraordinary for us so far. He had three home runs the first two games of the season. Um, he's got big power. 
but he can just really hit. I mean, he understands the box. He understands counts. And obviously, I think being a catcher really helps him. And he's smart. He's got good baseball IQ. And I think that's that's a big piece added on his ability that, that makes him be able to produce the way he has. You know, obviously, returning Carlos Pinero, he's only going to continue to, you know, the guy's hit 350-plus everywhere he's been. You know, Ryan Major, you, know, you get to see a lot of him. Last year, he was kind of a quiet name, but he hit 400 for us. I think he had six triples and four doubles in a limited start role. I think like 100 ABs, but... There's in the leadoff for us today. Uh, a couple more hits. He plays extremely hard, and I think that's what makes him really offensive. I mean, he runs the bases hard, plays hard, he's in your face. Uh, he can short game a little bit. And then, you know, you, you look at some of these, these new guys that are in. I mean, obviously, you know, Flores and McNicholas are a staple of this program. Uh, if you want to go back to the guys that are coming back. To me, defensively and offensively, you don't find a better side uh, in the infield. And obviously, those are two names that have been around for a while and just – you know, been unbelievable for us, and they do everything that you ask them to do. And I think they're a big piece of why we'll be successful because they take, you know, everything that we've, we've asked them to do since they've been here uh, three years ago, and, and, and it drives everybody else to do that. And then you look at some of those big names at Aubrey Major, obviously the former Biggies, freshman of the year at Xavier, went to Arizona State, played the Cape Cod twice. I mean, very rarely do you see at any level six foot six switch hitting outfielder uh, that's, that's in center field. You know, he's, he's been good so far. Uh, we expect him to, to be a huge piece for us here. And Zion Avery has, has been incredible so far. I mean, he's got big power. It's not just big power. He doesn't swing and miss much. He has had a great start for us. I think he's already got 11 RBIs in seven games. He had a few more today. You know, he's, he's been really good for us. And I think it just – it expands our lineup one through nine. I mean, it makes it tough on somebody because, you know, I just talked about Ryan Major being in the leadoff. Well, he's done nothing but basically hit the bottom of the order since he's been here. And he's been extremely good there. So, you know, all those names that you've mentioned and that we talked about, yeah, they are a, a big reason why. And there's a lot of guys that, that names aren't mentioned and, that, you know, are left out based off that I haven't even mentioned as well right now that, have had a, a big piece for us and a good role for us as well, too. I mean, there's a lot of them, and, and we feel really good about this group. Coach, talk to us about your family, just family of coaches. I know, obviously, your father coached, uh, you coached, yeah, and your brother coaches, obviously, at the NAI level at Cumberland. Uh, just talk to us about your family and coaching and how you got into coaching. I mean, I think you just named it. You know, we we, we grew up around it. Um you know, my dad coached high school basketball. I don't think that was his first choice. He, uh, he started out, you know, played Division One football and, and started out by, by helping when he got out, you know, at Portland State, was working with quarterbacks there. And then just one thing led to another and he became a teacher and a coach. And when you're around it um, and you enjoy athletics and, you know, you, you see what it was like being around your dad and, and have somebody as successful as he was that went into administration afterwards as well. And somebody that, that, you know, I've been around a lot of good ones, you know, uh, obviously just left being with Billy Berry a couple of years ago, who I think is the best, you know, potentially at any level, if you ask me, but when you got a dad that raised you the right way and when you want to look at the coaching piece and all the, the value that he can bring with helping you develop as, you know, as a coach and a person, um, you know, it's, that, that, that those have a huge reason why we're in it. He never pushed us with anything with athletics or, or, or coaching or any of that, but it's just what we wanted to do because it's what we saw him do. And, and, you know, obviously my brother's in it and he made his way out this way and got married out here as well. And he's, he's been very successful um, at a couple of different stops up this way as well in the Mid-South Conference. So, yeah, it's just I think a lot has to do with just being in our family. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't change her to trade her for the world. Coach Brad Neffendorf has been our guest here on the NAI Ball podcast. Coach, man, you know, we definitely want to thank you taking some time out of the day talking with us. We know you had a game earlier today, so so we definitely appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we just Absolutely. wanted to wish you luck, uh, you know, rest of the way down the road with LSUS this year. Well, I appreciate it and appreciate you guys having on and, and looking forward to the tournament this week. And, you know, I want to thank you guys for, 
for everything you guys do for this level and you know all the help and just everything that you guys do i think it's 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 changed the face and the landscape of nai baseball tremendously and you know, i'm looking forward to the tournament and what you guys are going to be able to do to you know just to, to help bring value to that as well too because i know it'll you know continue to grow because of what you guys do just like everything else has so thank you guys very much and we appreciate it very much so a huge thanks to head baseball coach Brad Neffendorf over at LSU Shreveport for joining the show and, you know, just taking some time out of his day to talk with us. Cody, man, are you ready to get into this Cajun collision stuff? Because this is this is some really exciting stuff for this year. Absolutely. We are just thrilled for this event, and I cannot wait to dive into it, brother. Let's go. Let's do it from Sterlington, Louisiana, brought to you by the good people. And I mean good people at NAI Ball, talking about us, of course. But brought to you by NAI Ball, the Cajun Collision is on for Sterlington, Louisiana this weekend. Let's break down all the teams in this event, and let's kick it off with the host school. Now 6-1 after defeating Loyola today on the day that we are recording on Monday. LSUS entered today with a 315 team average, a 450 team ERA. Austin McNicholas, the bat to watch, 429 average, nine hits, two extra base hits. Bobby Vath, the right-handed pitcher, 2-0, 11 innings pitched, no runs, two hits, 18 strikeouts for the Pilots. The Pilots are trying to get back to their form. They started last year going back to the World Series for the first time in a while, and they're getting back that culture and that winning and competitive spirit that they had for such a long time, and especially in the early 2010s. Central Methodist is the next team in this tournament. They are 4-0 after a weekend in San Antonio, Texas. They are hitting 323 as a team with a 289 team ERA. Robbie Merced, the third baseman, hitting 500 with eight hits, three home runs, and 10 RBIs, a huge weekend for him. And Nick Merkel is a monster, an absolute monster. 1-0, six innings pitch, five hits, one earned, seven strikeouts, Cody, if I can go into Central Methodist just a little bit, really impressed with Robbie Merced, his defensive ability to play, you know, the the, lev- the level here and make the plays, make the routine plays consistently, and then his hitting prowess, the ability to send the ball over dead center in a ballpark I've never seen the ball hit dead center at, and then uh, just absolutely barrel one out to left field. Really, really impressed with him. Nick Merkel, man, that guy works hard. Into the low 90s consistently, touching into the mid 90s at 94. And on top of that, man, he's just got some really good breaking ball pitches that he gets over, throws them whenever he wants. The mark of a good pitcher, able to throw any of those pitches whenever he wants. Really, really, really impressed with Central Methodist after getting to see them on Friday in San Antonio. The next team is Cumberland. Cumberland's had a rough start to the year, Cody. They're 0-7, but they have played LSU Shreveport in Georgia Gwinnett, they will play on Tuesday against Union, looking for their first win, heading into the Cajun Collision. But Tyner Hughes hitting 316 with six hits is the bat to watch for them. For Loyola, they are currently five and two, hitting 268 as a team coming into today with a 398 team ERA. Peyton Alexander, the name to watch there with the bats, 375 average, six hits, eight runs, four stolen bases. He added to that today with a home run and two RBIs, as well as a multi-hit game. Uh, Brendan Taravella, 2-0 record, sub-1 ERA, 8Ks, 10 innings pitch, a really good pitcher entering another year here for Loyola. IUS is 0-3 after playing Tennessee Wesleyan, and they really had the uphill battle of playing Tennessee Wesleyan, and that is an uphill battle that they will accept 
time and time and time again. Marco Romero is going to be the bat to watch there. 300 average with two RBIs. And I know we want to talk Hunter Clucky, but Lane Osterling, I thought was super impressive. Got the no decision, five innings pitch, five strikeouts, and just two earned against Tennessee Wesleyan. Well, that's a bat, that's a team with some bats that have a lot of experience and a lot of new bats that still hit very well this past weekend. Science and Arts of Oklahoma, two and one, three thirteen team average with a four ninety one team ERA. Jacob Womack is a name to watch with a three sixty four average and six RBIs. But Luis Palau, the preseason All NAI ball team player, is hitting five thirty eight with seven hits, a home run, and five RBIs. Southeastern University takes on Ave Maria on Tuesday, but as of this moment, they're 8 0 with a 380 team average and a 251 team ERA. Sam Faith, also preseason all NAI ball, is hitting 520 with 13 hits, three extra base hits, and four stolen bases. And Cody, I know you and I have both been impressed with Rob Adams, who's 2 0 with 12 innings pitch, six hits, one earned run, 18 strikeouts, and an ERA at .75. Five LSUA will begin their season at the Cajun Collision. They were 26 and 27 in 2021. McPherson is currently one and two with a 292 team average. James Canar is the guy to watch there again. 417 average, five hits, seven RBIs. He's going to be an interesting bat to watch all season long. For Tabor, they're three and one with a 304 team average and a 360 team ERA. Cody Moore has been impressive for them on the diamond. With a 438 average, seven hits, five extra base hits, and eight RBIs. Austin Seidel is 0-1 with seven and two-thirds innings pitch, but he's got 14 strikeouts, expecting another big performance from him. Jarvis Christian is one and four. They have a doubleheader today against Mac U, but Robert Candelario for the Bulldogs hitting 400 this season. Louisiana Christian, welcome to the NAI. 4-0 and in their first NAI weekend, 320 team average, 257 team ERA. Alex Ashby, 571 average after opening weekend with four hits, seven runs, three home runs, and five RBIs. Brooks Southall, 1-0, and no ERA, six innings pitch, and five strikeouts for Louisiana Christian. For Benedictine, 2-1 and with a 259 ERA. Jacob Pavlik with a 500 average, five hits, four RBIs, and then Jacob Slayton, that family, definitely a Benedictine family, 500 average and five hits. Lawrence Tech opens their season at the Cajun Collision. They're no longer allowed in Ann Arbor. They are 11 and 14 in 2021. And Cody, I mean, you know what? They had a magical moment beating Michigan a few years ago. They're going to look to bring some of that magic to Sterlington, Louisiana. In this one, and then Southwestern Christian three and one with a three three eight team average and a four zero three team ERA. Freeland Cabrera hitting five three fifty three, excuse me, hitting three fifty three with six hits and eight RBIs. And then Jose Perez on the mound with four innings pitch, no earned runs, two hits and nine strikeouts. Cody, that is the field. Let's go through it one more time. It's LSU Shreveport Central Methodist Cumberland. Loyola, IUS, Science and Arts, Southeastern, LSUA, McPherson, Tabor, Jarvis Christian, Louisiana Christian, Benedictine, Lawrence Tech, and Southwestern Christian. Man, it really truly is a stacked event. I mean, this isn't just because we're sponsoring it. It is literally the best event in NAI baseball of the season. 
When you look at last year's event, five of the six teams made the opening round. Three of those six teams made Lewiston. There's three World Series teams. You could have seen them right there all in the same day. When you look at this year, you have six teams in the top 15 nationally, just the elite of the elite. You have five all NAI ball players at this event. There's three more All-Americans registered by the NAI. So you basically have eight different All-Americans at this event. You're not going to see that in a weekend anywhere else in the country. You look at some of my favorite games this week. Thursday night kicking it off, you got number two Central Methodist versus number 10 Treeport. You got Nick Merkel versus Bobby Bath. That's ace on ace. That's good on good. One of the best games you're going to see all year. Friday morning, number seven IUS. They're going to probably throw Clucky, their dude, versus Shreveport. Tough COVID versus Shreveport. They're going to get Clucky and Merkel back to back really quickly. But Friday morning, yeah, that game, seven versus 10 in the country. It's elite. You want another game that's that morning? Number 12 Loyola versus number 14 USAO. That afternoon, you got Southeastern versus IUS. That's number three versus number seven in the country. I mean, there's some really good matchups. Saturday, you have Southeastern versus Loyola. That's a top 12 matchup. You have IUS versus Tabor. You're eventually going to see Austin Seidel for Tabor, who's an All-American. I mean, this is just going to be really good. Saturday afternoon, you have Central Methodist versus McPherson. That is just big-time power. I mean, McPherson's put up 16 runs. I mean, their offense just comes to play. And then you can see USAO versus Cumberland. You look at some of the top pitchers in the event, Nick Merkel, Hunter Clucky, Rob Adams, Austin Seidel, Bobby Vath, Steven Steele, Jose Perez, some of the top hitters in the event, Sam Faith, Brian Fuentes, Louis Palau, Clay Wiesty, Brody Tanksley, Peyton Alexander, Austin McNicholas, Jacob Slayton, James Kennard, Trevor Johnson. I mean, we could go on and on. This is some of the best players in the country competing against some of the best teams in the country. Uh, I don't think we've seen anything like this. Cody, you want to talk about star power, and the Cajun Collision has star power. It is there. It is huge. I am so excited for this one because uh, this is, A, it's going to be able to give us a chance to see some of these really early season, just absolute top 25 matchups, battles that we absolutely want to see. It's going to give us a better idea of who lo- who is is real early on in the year of course you know a lot can change but it's going to give us an idea of of who's got a ball club so early into the season that that we really need to keep an eye on so it's going to be something that's really interesting but at the same time Cody it's going to help some of these clubs that uh have been on the outside looking in the last couple of years give a chance to really spread their message to prove their point so you know in, in my opinion it, I think about a Southwestern Christian, a team that was on the outside looking in, 40-plus win team a year ago, did not make the national tournament. Here's your opportunity to really introduce yourself to the world at this level. I mean, absolutely, because every single team you're going to play this week is going to be really good. And for some of these teams, you get to see a team like Southeastern, who's just going to be in Lewiston every single year. I mean, you're looking at the number two, number three, number seven, number 10. That's four of your top 10, 40% of your top 10, plus number 12 and number 14. You're looking at the best of the best. I mean, you have six of the top 14 teams in the country. I think it's going to be a great experience for every team that comes to this event. Uh, I could not agree more. It's one of those things that I think if you're looking for not just games in a weekend but if you're looking for a way to really just play some really good early season matchups against some really good teams coached by really good guys that have really good players i mean how many you said how many nai ball all all nai ball team players there are five we have five in the event we have five all nai ball players the nai has three other all americans in it that's potentially eight of the best players in our league you're going to see them on field one field two and field three i mean get to stirlington 
Yeah, if you have the ability to get to Sterlington, I mean, and you're talking about bang for your buck, this is it. This is it. This is your NAI baseball showcase right here. Uh, it, it is going to be something really, really special. We're excited to partner with the Cajun Collision and and just go over everything that's happening in this tournament, in these matchups. We will have a really, really, really close eye on these matchups going forward Friday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, Cody. I'm absolutely thrilled and excited about this one. And if you can't be there in person, you can tune in and watch all these games online. Follow us at NAI Ball on social media. We'll get you those links because, yeah, definitely going to be watching the Cajun Collision all weekend long. Cody, there is another matchup of sorts, another tournament-esque series going on, round-robin play, whatever you want to call it, happening at uh, Reinhardt in Lake Point. And entering this week, you know, it was definitely interesting because there's a lot of good ball clubs in this one as well. Reinhardt, Tennessee Wesleyan, St. Thomas, Columbia International, Taylor, Indiana Tech, Faulkner, and Middle Georgia. Indiana Tech will open up their season there, but you look at Middle Georgia 3-1, and Tennessee Wesleyan 3-0, and St. Thomas 2-0. and It's going to be a really good start to the year for a lot of these teams also in the southeast and some of them coming from the north, able to get some ball games in uh, both at Reinhardt and Lake Point in Georgia. Yeah, it's an absolutely loaded event. It's a shame they're on the same weekend because I want to be in two places at once. You look at Thursday's schedule, you got St. Thomas versus Tennessee Wesleyan. That was the rematch of a national title game literally just three years ago. Faulkner at Reinhardt, that's going to be a big-time matchup. Reinhardt's been playing extremely well this year. On Friday, you have Faulkner versus St. Thomas. Indiana Tech versus Columbia International. In Columbia International, they've had the tough luck of playing Southeastern and Kaiser in back-to-back weekends. I mean, that is tough luck right there. But Saturday, you have St. Thomas versus Reinhardt. Indiana Tech versus Middle Georgia. This is going to be an event that's going to have some World Series teams, and it's going to have a lot of opening round teams. This is a really good event. Yeah, this is an event that I definitely can see, you know, easily five to six opening round teams in in this tournament. And there's only uh, really, you know, eight teams in this. So I could I could definitely see that that this tournament is going to be stacked. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if all eight of these teams got into this into the the national tournament. I think this is going to be a really good one. And it's like you said, you want to be at two places at once. It's going to be really interesting to see the results uh, from the Southeastern Rumble, and I'm I'm really excited for a great weekend of NAI baseball, Cody. This is definitely far and away going to be the best weekend we've had so far this year of NAI baseball. Would you agree with that? I absolutely would agree with that, and I would argue that it's going to be the best weekend we will see until that opening around Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Whoa! All right, a big bold statement there from Cody Butler saying that this will be the best weekend until the opening round. And you know what, Cody, if you had said that last year, I would probably have said you're right because the Cajun Collision did nothing but put on great games. Moving on here to our NAI ball hitter and pitcher and team of the week. We start this week off with a first, Cody. Our hitter of the week is Dalton Daly out of Oregon Tech who went 9-for-16 with three home runs and eight RBIs. So congratulations to Jacob Garcez-led Oregon Tech and Dalton Daly on being named the hitter of the week this week. Our pitcher of the week is Kobe Foster from Tennessee Wesleyan. Six innings pitch, one hit, no walks, no runs, seven strikeouts against prime competition in IU Southeast. Really, really, really big job there by Kobe Foster, who has been lights out since he got to the NAI. And our team of the week, Cody, is Westmont. They went 4-0 last week. Brian Peck, 
has one hit in two starts for Westmont. That guy's been insanely impressive. What do you think about this week's hitter, pitcher, and team of the week? Well, Brian Peck has been insane. I mean, you have a freshman. Your first two starts in college are against Lewis Clark State and Ben Mesa, and you have a nothing ERA, and you've given up one hit in 12 innings. I mean, Brian Peck has been sensational. He was literally in our running for pitcher of the week this week. He threw seven no-hit innings this week, and that's really hard to do. Now, it was a nine-inning game. He did not get credited with the no-hitter, and we ended up tipping our cap to Kobe Foster, who, like you said, has been nothing but amazing since he's got here to the NAI. Uh, he only gave up one hit to IUS, and we gave him the nod because IUS is going to be a team that's going to go back to Lewiston, and they have a loaded lineup. And for him to get through that lineup, go six innings, give up just one hit, didn't walk a guy, he has just been surgical. Shout out to Dalton Daly and Oregon Tech. We've been hyping up William Jessup. We've been really proud of them. We named them our big matchup last week. And Oregon Tech, man, they were a costly error away from sweeping all four games. Uh, they controlled three of them in the lead for the fourth game, too. Could have won that one as well. Like you said, they had a costly error that led to a home run that ended up being a walk-off. But they have been really impressive. To go out there and take three or four off William Jessup, that's really good stuff. It, it is really impressive stuff for Oregon Tech. If we can, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of Jacob Garces at OIT. I, I think the job that he did at Antelope Valley before stepping away uh, from the game for a few years was, was really impressive, and I'm super excited about what he can do at Oregon Tech, and I think that we're already starting to see some of that because he's, he's trying to make a splash, trying to you know make a, a big jump in a big way for that program. And it's going to be interesting to see because with the reintroduction of British Columbia back into the Cascade, you know, that they're they're basically fighting out there. And, and Cody, we really don't know how this is going to work out with the opening round, and, and this will be something we have to find out. But because Lewis Clark is automatically, you know, in, I don't think that that even if they win the tournament, it still goes to the second-place team, correct? Right, which is what happened last year. It came down to Corbin versus Oregon Tech. Winner goes to an opening round, and uh, Corbin got that nod. They went out to Santa Barbara last year. But, yeah, so, I mean, that's going to be a dogfight right there. Corbin, Oregon Tech, UBC's in the mix now. I mean, it's going to be a really good matchup. It will be extremely interesting to watch. So, just once again, congratulations to our NAI Ball Hitter of the Week, Dalton Daly out of Oregon Tech, our NAI Ball Pitcher of the Week, Kobe Foster out of Tennessee Wesleyan. In our NAI Ball Team of the Week, our third ever Team of the Week to Westmont, the second Team of the Week out on the West Coast. Cody, let's close this thing out. Games and series that people, you at home, who you should be watching this weekend other than the Cajun Collision and the Southeastern Rumble, as well as many of the other great tournaments going on around the nation. Bruton Parker takes on Kaiser. That'll be a good one. Ottawa versus Huntington. St. Ambrose versus Tennessee Southern. OCU, Oklahoma Wesleyan, and Bellevue all meet up in Jim Wade Stadium. Doan takes on SAGU. Olivet Nazarene versus MNU. The Masters plays UAV. Uno takes on Brian. William Penn versus Kansas Wesleyan, and Concordia University, Nebraska, taking on Baker. Cody, which of those sparks your interest the most? Olivet Nazarene versus Mid-American Nazarene. Uh, really looking forward to that one. You got the number one team in the Chicagoland Conference versus the number two team in the Hart Conference. This is a really good matchup. Uh, I mean, if we were just going off last year, that would have been an incredible series. Uh, we haven't really got to see enough of both teams yet, but we're really looking forward to seeing what their 2022 clubs look like. Uh, really looking forward to see what Ben Harris can do against Kaiser. Uh, the Fighting Barons down there at Bruton Parker. Looking forward to that matchup. 
in Ottawa at Huntington. That's a fun one too. We haven't really got to see Huntington since the Coach Calderon Invitational. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do and how they bounce back. Yeah, sign me up for for Ben Harris at Kaiser. That that'll be a good one. And then just anytime, I, I just really enjoy games at at Jim Wade Stadium. So OCU, Oklahoma Wesleyan, and Bellevue. And again, Cody Cross Factor is back for another year. That is a dude, and that is a huge bat in the lineup to have for Oklahoma City. So I'm really excited to see Cross Factor uh, compete this year for the Stars. Really special talent. And Oklahoma City, Oklahoma was in Bellevue. That's three tournament teams. I think we all know that all three of these teams are going to make the national tournament. So that's going to be a heck of a series. Cody, before we, you know, get going for the week, our, you know, third episode of the year, fifth season of the podcast, any final thoughts uh, for the show? I'm just excited, man. I mean, like I said, we talked about it the whole show. I think this Cajun collision is something that we don't ever get to see. You have 15 teams in one place. I think it's going to be special. So I'm just really looking forward to our Cajun collision. And I'm looking forward to seeing all these talented players in one spot. It's a great showcase for NAI baseball. It really is. It is the premier showcase of NAI baseball. We are absolutely excited to be a part of it. The Cajun collision brought to you by NAI ball. A huge thanks to head baseball coach at LSU Shreveport, Brad Neffendorf, for joining us here on the show. Folks, we are super excited. It's got nothing but star power at the Cajun Collision. There are so many great games and series going on around the nation. There is no excuse this weekend not to be locked in to coverage and games. So where can you find that coverage? At NAI Ball on Twitter and Instagram, your number one source for NAI baseball and small college baseball anywhere in the nation. Anywhere in the nation. This is the premier destination for NAI baseball coverage. Nobody does it better. Nobody does it better than we do at NAI Ball in person, at games, watching games constantly. I was watching at work today. Cody was watching as well. It was absolute, you know, this is what we do. It was absolutely fantastic matchup i was excited to see a great one on a monday like loyola and lsu shreveport and maybe it wasn't the one that loyola would have wanted us to watch but it it was definitely something to get excited about to watch on a monday afternoon absolutely thrilled that we got to do that today we are constantly watching these guys we're constantly learning new names we're constantly checking out every single team in the nation and watching as many as we can year in year out we try and grow the sport grow the game and grow the brand so we cannot do that without y'all so be sure to follow us on twitter at nai ball and instagram at nai ball and download subscribe rate the podcast unsubscribe resubscribe re-download the show as well that'll do it for us this week For Cody Butler and Connor Darnell, thank you all for joining us for another episode of the NAI Ball Podcast. I'm Robbie Gutierrez at RobG1063 if you ever need me or if you just want to talk some baseball. Until next time, we will see you next week. Have a great day and even better tomorrow.